Welcome to Journey on My Mind, a podcast produced by Journey Church. Our mission is to provide practical guidance for navigating the complexities of modern life by combining psychological principles with biblical counseling. Join us on this path where we explore the meaning point of science and faith and offer insights to help you on your journey. Hey, welcome to A Journey on My Mind. We are down a soul today. Uh, Sam Barnhart's on his way to Indiana. I Sounds don't... like he died. Well, he's In yeah. Well, he's going to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, so draw your own conclusion. <laughs> and that was Dave Hagen and one of our uh, resident psychologists from uh, Southeast Psych. And then the other one sitting across from me is Lauren King. Yay! And uh, we have started this conversation around the idea of um, body. <laughs> Image. image did you just What's I, I you just, just stroked totally out <laughs> wow um, kevin just had a, <clears throat> just a mild one yeah i was looking at my body going what is wrong with this um but before we venture back into social media and that um dave you have a question for us i do yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> or not we were you gonna, mean like what we're oh yeah yeah I, we were just talking about how lauren and i both separately got stuck in the airport in Chicago for two different flights this weekend. And what crazy or weird or funny travel stories we've had. So that's what you're referring <laughs> yes, to. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm referring to. I got gotcha. you. Lauren, besides this weekend, have you had another one that was kind of... Yes, I have a few, but there's one that really rises to the top of my mind. So when I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my family was in Nashville, uh, we I would fly back and forth with my daughter to visit a lot because she was free to fly, right? Oh, Under two years old. Right. So free to fly. And I remember one time, like we missed a plane fly running through the airport. She was still nursing, just kind Ooh, of disaster. Yeah. But we're sitting, you know, in the plane, and the woman next to me is beautiful. I mean... Her nails are done. She is reviewing her wedding photos on her Apple, like her Mac laptop. Uh, And she's looking at me like, you disgust me, right? My baby is like shoving those puffs in her mouth and they're like stuck all over her and she's in my lap. And the woman is scooted as as far far, from me as possible. And we're about 30 minutes from landing and my daughter with no warning just projectile vomits all over the woman and her laptop. Beautiful. Okay, just vomits. Wow. And down in my pockets, I had one of those like barber coats. So they just throw up in my pockets. Oh. And the stewardess comes with like a one-ply paper towel and he's like, here. And I'm like, this is not going to help. Yeah, This is going to rub it around. It's horrible. And everyone is looking like they're getting sick. Yeah, right. There's two college guys across from me and they're dying and i just wanted i wanted to sink into a hole it was horrible and we had to get through 30 more minutes till the landing that's my worst travel story yeah i don't know we're gonna if we're gonna top that one no that's a good one that woman hated me so much oh yeah and i couldn't apologize enough but it was just like she was like don't even speak to me don't look at me don't yeah she hated you before your baby vomited on her (laughs) and so then it's like times 12 (laughs) yeah that's so bad hard to top it (laughs) Yeah. The closest I can come, I think, this is the one that comes to mind, is I was flying back from Denver to Nashville. Mm. The weather got a little mm, kind of messy in Denver, so we got uh, held up, uh-huh. held up again, held up again, Yeah, pushed it late, and then they were like, okay, we're going to make it go for it. By this time, it's like 11-ish, and so we got to fly back to, to Nashville, which is going to push this already into like, right. you know, pretty late. 
And we arrive in Nashville as there is freezing rain. They still make the landing. <laughs> That's good. But then the gate won't work because it's so cold. They can't get it. They finally get that working. We're sitting on the tarmac. As we're sitting on the tarmac, the plane is getting coated with freezing rain. They sure. finally get it up there. And they, they honestly the goodness, door open. could not get the... It was like we were in a tomb. The whole <laughs> were. plane you were. was sealed in ice. Oh, they yeah. couldn't get us out. I might start to panic a little. Did yeah. you panic sort of? Not really, no, okay. but but it was wild because... Yeah. We, I mean, we didn't get out of there until one... What yeah. did they do? Get out there with some like blow dryers or something? I have no idea. About that? <laughs> I don't know how they did it because it, we were we were honestly... The whole plane was sealed in a, yeah. in a coating of ice that they mm. couldn't open. That so we just sucks. sat there for an hour Oof. trying to get the hmm. door open. So yeah. that's probably my, yeah. probably my. And then a baby one. threw up on you. Yeah. yeah. I, that that would have been <laughs> the end of my life mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, my strangest okay. one was on the, I was on a trip to Romania. We were, I was on my way back. I was actually by myself, which was weird in and of itself. Not used, you know, not a lot of trips overseas by yourself. Right. I was speaking at a conference in Romania. I did, not a big deal but on the way back we flew we flew through frankfurt and um so we got off the plane and i had a what was supposed to be a two and a half hour layover and i'd been in frankfurt before and it wasn't a big deal but um so i found a place to sit and i was you know doing reading a book or something and and uh i see a bunch of security guards coming through and they go hey we're we're moving everybody out of this this um area of the terminal okay Mm -hmm. so then we all get up and they move us into a different spot and then they came back and said okay now we're moving you into this part of the terminal Mm -hmm. um and and we had to go through security this time so all these like i'm hundreds of people like they're moving us all over i'm like uh my flights on the other mm-hmm. end you keep moving me further and further mm-hmm. away from my flight don't worry don't worry i'm like i'm worried mm-hmm. and and so little but and then eventually they had us all like everybody in the airport was in one terminal mm-hmm. and uh i don't speak german uh i i'm lucky i speak english and i i was like there's something really mm-hmm. wrong well they were searching for a t- terrorist oh no in the airport they're like everything's fine <laughs> everything's fine no you'll problem. make your flight mm-hmm. none of the flights are leaving why not mm-hmm. and sure enough they shut down that whole stinking airport until they found this guy and uh my uh two and a half hour layover turned into a eight hour Ew. layover oh my goodness yeah do they catch the terrorist well they said they got the guy they were looking for oh, okay hmm. so and it uh, wasn't you no apparently not <laughs> but i went through security four times hmm. in a matter of that six hours hmm. that was my weirdest like yeah yeah i was on the other side of that one time where we were you were to, the terrorist i was the <laughs> actual terrorist i was supposed to fly into um again to nashville and the flight started getting delayed 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 and apparently mm-hmm. some tear gas can canister had gone off in the terminal so they shut the whole thing down yeah that was weird yeah they basically shut down the frankfurt airport mm-hmm. and it is a big airport yeah. but anyway there you go. There you have it. Yeah. All so, right. 
So last week we talked about body image, right? Yes, and yes, yes, yes. if anybody has questions, please feel free to send them our way. I think today we're going to follow up on how does social media affect body image? Because, you know, I just think about, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, the when I was in college, all the research I did on body image had to do with magazines. Like it's very, it was very outdated. You know, it was like, okay, if you look at a magazine for 15 yeah. minutes, it affects your body image in this way. And I think about kids now and mm -hmm. how immersed they are oh. in those images and things all the time. And it's not just people selling products. It's their friends and their peers all over the place. For sure. Well, I mean, I just am in awe at how they're doing that, right? Like I did not grow up with those pressures. Do you guys find yourselves thinking about that? What that's like for them? I What it's like for them or yeah. for us? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. about it all the time. I, yeah, I wonder. I, I've pretty much gone on a, um, I would call it a uh, social media diet of abstinence um so i'm not on there much anymore i used to what did you used to be on what platforms are y'all on well i used to be on facebook uh -huh. i i still have an account okay that is very lonely uh -huh. um twitter which is now called x and instagram instagram i go on because my daughter posts pictures of my granddaughters all the time right so yeah that's it though right what about you what are you on I am on Instagram, sort of. I'm a more of a lurker. More of a, yeah. Uh, I shut down my Twitter account mm -hmm. when it became more of a cesspool. Yeah, I it need, already was. I need yeah. to shut mine down. I just shut it down. And then I still have Facebook mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, old people <laughs> look at Facebook, yeah. Facebook. So family members and family uh -huh. stuff. Uh, I have an account technically for TikTok. Mm -hmm. But oh. I've never posted anything on it. Yeah. But yeah, I um, TikTok, I hate and love huh. both. I hate it and I love it. Yeah. It's just sometimes I'll laugh more than I've laughed the whole day <laughs> on something on Facebook. A lot of funny stuff, uh, but I also hate it. So yeah. yeah, I would say I'm not really, except for posting occasional pictures on Facebook, I'm not super active on social media now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the early research on social media and body image, you know, the early stuff that came out had a lot to do with just the amount of time you're on social media. You okay. know, are people who are on social media more, more likely to have negative body image, negative feelings about their bodies, objectify themselves, that kind of thing. Yeah. More than sense. people who are on it less. Yeah. Um, but really that just leaves out so much information, right? Because there are so many different types of social media and they all affect people differently. Right. And even within the same type, we're using it differently, right? Like I use Instagram to look at cute babies and send them heart eyes. That's what I'm doing <laughs> on Instagram, right? Right. But there are a lot of teens who are, they're sending a lot of sort of messages to people about whether you're in my in-group or my out-group. Oh, you know, they're okay. using it to sort of, yeah. compare each other and you know yeah. and and so there's just so much complexity to the research but yeah. what would you guess is the number one type of social media americans are using what's number one by age or all americans total i have it by age as well if you're interested but uh, i would say facebook i think facebook's the biggest still okay but i'm gonna say um the 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 visual social media like uh, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and probably TikTok are, are probably up there. Yeah. But I think Facebook still has highest number of users, but yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah. So this is from 2021. 
Pretty okay. recent. YouTube is the highest. I don't think of YouTube as social yeah, media. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good... Yeah, huh. yeah 81% of people use YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess there is a social media element to it. You're oh, watching sure. peers create content, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. And then number two, you guys are right, is Facebook okay. with 69% wow. of people using it. Okay. And then there's a pretty big drop off to the rest of them. Right. Mm -hmm. Instagram is 40%. Mm -hmm. Pinterest, which again, feels a little different to me. 31%. Oh yeah, Pinterest. I got a Pinterest yep. account somewhere Snapchat's along the line. 25, Twitter, yeah. you know, but TikTok is 21% of Americans are using TikTok. So, but no matter what, even the lower versions, yeah. fifth of the people in our country are using them, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you add all this up, That's there's a obviously a lot of overlap with people that have three different yeah. platforms or four, but it probably, when you look at the margins, it's like hitting the majority of, of people, I right. would think, you know, yeah. the majority of people are uh -huh. either active or passive, but they have social media. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you were saying the old people are on Facebook. For sure. <laughs> you're kind of right about that. So Facebook, <laughs> if you're 65 plus, 50% of people are on are on Facebook. Really? Yeah. That but, many? Uh-huh. But ages 18 to 29, it's 70%. So there whoa, are whoa, still whoa. a lot of young people what? on there. Yeah. For real? Yeah. But like that something like right. Instagram, it's a bigger drop off. 71% of 18 to 29 year olds are on that and only 13% of 65 plus. Whenever I so, uh, do yeah. a presentation to a high school, talk about Facebook, I get laughed at. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, they're silly like silly old man. <laughs> this is 18 to 29. Yeah. So that age range is just like, we're on everything. I don't know. We may right. not even use it, but we're on there. Right. You know, we're right, on right. it at some younger point in our lives. So yeah, there's, it's really interesting. Like yeah. different ethnicities use different different platforms more and whatever sure right okay so but there was kind of this explosive article in the wall street journal in 2021 do you guys remember this where it was revealed that instagram knew it was hurting oh yeah oh yeah girls yes. and they they did not do anything do about anything it. about it right nope. so 32 percent of teenage girls would say when i'm feeling bad about myself and i look at instagram i feel worse about myself and 13 percent of wow. u.s teens who had been suicidal said that instagram contributed to them feeling suicidal actually no i'm sorry that 13 percent is in uh, the uk six percent of u.s teens mm -hmm. said that okay still a so, lot so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very problematic. Yeah. What do you guys think are some of the things about those highly visual social media platforms that really are making teen girls feel young? I know I'm asking two dudes, but I am curious <laughs> what your thoughts are on this. That may, say the end of the make question. Teen make teen girls feel bad about the bad way about that themselves. they look because that's really the issue. And there is a difference between text-based platforms. So like Twitter and Facebook oh, yeah. are not showing that high level of number as Snapchat and Instagram would show. Sure. It's a comparison game i would imagine yeah i see a girl and she <clears throat> they never post pictures where they look bad they always post pictures where they look good yeah and um so there's this constant um in your face picture after picture of people who look right and perfect and have the right um, makeup on and have the right clothes on and have the right look about them and have their hair done just right because you just don't pick, post pictures in a normal, uh, maybe, but I, my experience is, is that you don't post pictures of yourself not looking right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What he said. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think <laughs> that's, you know, said. and 
social comparison theories, a theory in psychology, where it says all humans compare themselves to each other. It's part of our social nature. Are we keeping up with the pack? We're all going to do it, right? Right, right, right. But on social media, we tend to compare ourselves to people five years older or five years younger than us. We're not really comparing ourselves, if I'm a 15-year-old girl, to a 30-year-old model that much, right? right? So when I see an advertisement, I kind of know that's an advertisement. I know they're trying to sell me things. I'm less likely to internalize that as something I need to do. Correct. But when I see a girl who's a year older than me, who looks just perfect, right? Who's taken 20 pictures of this one moment, picked the best one, and then filtered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm much more likely to compare myself to, to that, that, right? Yes. And a lot of the negative research has to do with the selfie culture. Yes. So, okay, there was a study where they took half these people and they said, you can, you can take a selfie. The very first one you take, you have to post. <gasps> the other part of the study, they said, you can take as many as you want. You can filter it however you want and then post it. And they did pre and post testing about how they felt about their looks. Okay. Which one do you think felt better about their looks after? I would guess the first group because the second group had too many choices to make. They saw themselves, they, that, but that's my guess. Okay. You? What do you think, Daver? I'll go with that. Okay. So that is <laughs> not right. I tricked, <laughs> I tricked you. It's neither one of them felt good. Oh. So uh, it's just the oh. act of taking so the So it was selfie. a trick question. It was a trick question. Man, Lauren questions. I suck at It's that. just the act of doing it, right? Because yeah. even if you filtered it, yeah. Then when you see that person in real life, yeah, you're gonna feel bad about yourself because you've even if you get a hundred likes on it, yeah. they've just liked the online version of you. They haven't really liked you, and so right. then when you go see them in person, you still don't feel good about yourself. It's very objectifying yeah. to sort of just take a selfie and say, "Look at me." Mm. We've moved away from pictures being about capturing a moment. Right. right. They're not about capturing the moment. They're about which picture do I look the thinnest in? Which picture does my skin look the best in? Right. Curating. You know? Yes. Curating an image and a projected kind of vibe that you want it to, to seem like. Not Absolutely. necessarily what it's more about what it seems to be rather than what it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is such a new phenomenon. Right. Because the when when Dave and I were growing up, a picture, a picture. <laughs> they, you had to stand really still yeah. in a giant you know, box of yeah. a camera and you had to stand really still for about 30 minutes before you could get the picture. Yeah. But you had to get it developed and you didn't take yeah. 16 of them. You took one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you were capturing moments. You were capturing yeah. events that you were at or a scenery that you like, hey, I should take a picture of that sunset. And then later go, why did I take a picture of that sunset? Anyway, but... Mm-hmm. Something shifted when you got smartphones mm-hmm. that that can take a hundred pictures in seconds. Yeah, and then you can put extra eyelashes on and you right. know slim your waist right. and you clear put- your skin, and then you look in the mirror and you go, oh, "I don't look like that anymore." Right. I feel bad about myself, and I think the huge oh. increase in Botox and all of that. So the realization yeah. of the person actually ta- posting the picture mm-hmm. is what's causing the some of the body image issues or the self-perception problem. Yeah, it's like this little echo chamber, right? Where you're like, wow. oh gosh, I, I don't feel good about myself. So then I, you know, judge this picture and I post it, but then that actually ends up making me feel even worse. So then I judge more and it's this negative feedback cycle, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you do develop like this online persona that you feel like you have to keep up. And I do think that things like Botox and plastic surgery that have just shot through the roof even more are like, filtering in person, like actually filtering surgically. Right. Right. 
mm-hmm. uh, what your face looks like. Real to life match. filter. Yes. Are those are those becoming more mainstream things? Like oh yes, Botox? I can't tell you how many Botox parties I've been invited to. <laughs> Oh, over I don't, 10. I don't, okay. I, over 10. Is that the, I just don't even know what to say to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, have you been invited? Kevin and I have not been invited. <laughs> you guys say, are having obvious. your own private Botox party. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You know me. <laughs> yeah. Lauren know. really there's knows a me lot well. of, There's a lot of lines on this face over here. Yeah. Yeah. They're staying. <laughs> I earned these. <laughs> but so, no, really, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. So yeah. that I'm, you are informing me of, of something I did not know. Yeah. There's a social media influencer named Asina O'Neill. I think she's Australian. But she, she, she was a, a model in her early 20s. And she had this whole, you know, social media um, presence. She had hundreds of thousands of followers. And she shut down her whole account. And she started a new account that was called Social Media is Not Real Life. And she would post pictures of herself in a modeling, Hmm. you know, and say, here's what was actually happening this day. And she said, social media, especially how you use it, isn't real. And I want to read you one little quote from her. So she posts a picture of herself in a bikini and she says, this is not real life. The only reason I went to the beach this morning was to shoot these bikinis because the company paid me. And also I look good to society's current standards. I was born and won the genetic lottery. Why else would I have uploaded this photo? Read between the lines or ask yourself, what is some, why does someone post a photo? What is the outcome for them? Mm-hmm. To make a change, to look hot, sell something. I thought I was helping young girls get fit and healthy, but I only realized at 19 that placing any amount of self-worth on your physical form is so limiting. I could have been writing, exploring, playing, anything beautiful and real, not trying to validate my own worth through a bikini shot with no substance. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's powerful. That's self-aware. Yeah. That's good. Right? Yeah. That is really good. Could I broaden this up just a yeah. little bit? So, <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, it's it's very good. But I, I, I want to know the last time you went to the beach for a bikini shot. Oh, man. The number of times I've done that. <laughs> I, I lost count. Um, so, with uh, with this idea of social media affecting body image and mm-hmm. and how you feel about yourself based on your body, it strikes me, too, there was a, a book that came out and this has been many years ago, called mm-hmm. The High Cost or High Price, I think is The High Cost of Materialism. Oh, yeah. And it's well worth it. And really what this guy did, and there's been subsequent research that backs this up a lot. He identified three materialistic values. And he said the three materialistic values are appearance slash attractiveness, wealth, and status or popularity. Mm-hmm. And he said that the more that people value those things, and he shows from a research standpoint, the more you value those things, the more depressed and anxious and mentally unhealthy you are. And so as you, and, and all of us to some extent have to wrestle with how important are those things in our life, status, socially, <laughs> appearance, uh, wealth, and so on. What strikes me about this is that not just body image, but all those things are in play here with social mm-hmm. media, right? It's it's looking at like the the the, the visual social media like Instagram, mm-hmm. Snapchat are all pulling for look how popular I am, yes. and I'm at this club or this party. Right. Look uh, at the car that I have or the dress that I'm wearing. 
and the inference is how wealthy and well-to-do mm-hmm. I am. Look how hot I look yes. and look how sexy I am. Yeah. So it's really all three of those things are in play. And what it, it's not a surprise then that it's pulling for all those things being valued, mm-hmm. which then leads to people being less emotionally healthy because they're soaking their head in that. Yeah. One time I was at a school, a Catholic school, and all the teachers were nuns, and I was sharing this research, and they all started laughing. And I was like, why are y'all laughing? They're like, we're nuns. Of course we know this. You know, like this is, it's like, it's the upside down kingdom stuff, right? Of like, God wants so much more for us than this, right? Right. Like he wants us to have that life where those things are least valued and that's the life worth living, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it just works so against, um, what is actually valuable. Mm -hmm. That's the, uh, you know, the. That's probably why it just engaging in it has been really difficult. Yeah. And because it's um, so insidious and subtle, it's like, oh, they're just pictures of people yeah. having a good time or people that look attractive. And like, or in big, Greece, right, or, in, or they're, they're on their vacation. Yeah. Right. And over time, that just begins to communicate to us those things are valued and you should value them. Right. And you're not measuring up with how your body looks or how your face looks or how much money you have or what vacations you're taking or um, how many friends are at the club with you. Right. All these kinds of things that then in turn make us more depressed and anxious and less healthy. So yeah, yeah, it's a really toxic thing. And the, the issue is I love what Lauren said is that it's so counter to uh, a, 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 a life of faith in terms of what we should value. Right. But it's also the the sad part of this is we've known this for years. Yeah. And we're we're kind of stymied about what do we do about this as a culture? What do we do about this mm-hmm. as yeah. even a church community? Right. That's the thing that's hard is because I wanna recommend to kids you need to curate your own social media. You need to cut you know, like what you're following, think about how does it make you feel, how does it fit your values, or just don't use it, cut down. But if they stop using it, they oftentimes are very legitimately left out yeah. of social circles, right? Like, yeah, that's have you how, seen that? I, that's how parties uh-huh. happen where people yeah. get invited or, or not invited. That's how people connect with each other socially. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as part of that culture to say, I'm going to go on a social media fast or right. eliminate it is really a massive sacrifice to ask of a teenager. So right. the it's a hard question because if the answer is just don't do it, yeah. Then the other question becomes, all right, how, how do you connect? Right. Um, and how do you make those sort of social um, relationships if that's what everyone else is doing? I'm not saying that people should just immerse themselves in social media, but I'm the yeah. point being it's a complicated question for, yeah. a, for a young adult or a teenager. Mm-hmm. So two questions from the seat over here. The um, you mentioned, you know, depression, a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Are they correlated with the amount of usage of? Oh yeah, yeah. The, there's the, there's a correlation. It's not just a. What's the other word? Cause. Cause. Well, cause would be more powerful, and I think we're at a place in research, and I'd be hard pressed to point my finger at a specific study. You may have seen it, where I do think we're at a place of saying it's causative. Like if That's, if you. If you immerse yourself for more than X hours a day, you are 
it's going to lean you toward being depressed or anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of studies where they've taken 200 or so college students. They track their social media using an app tracker, how much they were using previously. Uh And then they ask them to cut it to either 50% or like 60 minutes a day total. And then the control group, you know, doesn't cut their usage at all. Yeah. Um, And the group that cuts their usage, better sense of self, less anxious, less down. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that are good about cutting your usage, but it is also just hard, like, yeah. And that may be the closer to the answer. The rather than thinking these stark terms of um yeah. go for it or none, yeah. of how do I curate it in a way that's healthy and reduce my immersion in it. For me, we said this early on, I'm speaking for myself, I didn't have a huge following or, or number of followers on Twitter, but it was, you know, it was like 1400 or something. I don't remember even the number to me the, the it had become so toxic and gross. Yeah. It was just where people are just behaving badly, badly. Yeah. that it was way better for me just to say that's out of my life. Right now, TikTok's very mixed for me. Um, and I think what I've tried to do is limit it to very, very specific times and Right. The algorithm is very powerful, so it knows I like things that are fine. For a while, it thought I liked the uh, shoe build stork and motorcycle stunts. I don't Mm-mm. know why, but that's what... But yeah. it's kind of shaped up where it's yeah. sending me more funny stuff and magic tricks and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so there's some, you know, right. that's, that's a good little break, but in massive limitation, you know, massive restriction or, yeah. or I don't want, restriction might not be the word, but massive limits and boundaries with it. Yeah. I've, I've totally shrunk who I follow down to eight guys that, fo- that do the sports teams that I follow mm-hmm. and that's it. And then there's, now you can have two different feeds, the ones you follow and then things for you. Oh, right. And I don't even have to look at that. Yeah, yeah. I just do the ones I follow. So it's a pretty limited, but anyway, the next question, did you have something to follow up Mm-mm, with that? No. Okay. The other thing I was sitting here thinking about is, is, is there any positive impact in people's lives from social media? Yeah. Like I think during COVID, you know, the, it was one of the only ways that people didn't feel isolated. And I think about some of my clients who might be on the autism spectrum oh, for right. whom they really struggle with in-person connectivity. And it's not that I want them to give up on that. I still want them to do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes online relationships are a lot easier for them. And as long as they're cautious about the way in which they're doing it, yeah. I'm thankful for that in their life. Yeah, I would. Say, this is the way I would say it. Okay. Um, if I asked you the question, is fire good or bad, what would your answer be? It depends how you use it. Right. You would say, if it's in my fire pit, yeah, it's, it's really good. good. Yeah, if it's burning if down it's, my house. If it's on my so, roof, yeah, not so much. probably bad. Right. So you think about, is fire good or bad? Are cars good or bad? Right. Are pharmaceuticals good or bad? Like anytime you have a powerful thing, mm-hmm. it's going to have a powerful effect positively or negatively, potentially. Sure. And so that's, I think this idea, we're talking about it being very toxic and it is, Yeah. but we're also, I'm glad you asked that question because social media has a lot of very positive and I agree. It's very to it. powerful. Yeah. It's a very powerful thing in our culture and the ability to expose yourself to new ideas and thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, the ability to learn new things, mm-hmm. to have 
different ideas challenged or sharpened Mm -hmm. to connect with people Mm -hmm. to stay um, in relationship with people that are a little more far flung all the things that Lauren was talking about these are all very good things and Mm -hmm. so we don't want to demonize it it's just like saying all right this is fire yeah and if it can be harnessed and in your fireplace that's a good thing yeah and if it can't it's going to burn your house down yeah yeah i love that analogy that's that's yeah that's a good way to look at it so um for us for it it like you said the extreme would be just stop yeah like that's the extreme and and somewhere in us needs to be some kind here's the other question i'm sitting here thinking about Mm -hmm. i don't know if i should ask it or not but it does it have the potential to be addictive oh yeah yeah can people be addicted to social media yeah i think it's different chemically than a substance addiction but okay so in addiction research sometimes this is a debate and some people would take the position that addiction is only something that applies to a chemical Right. That's that's, what, yeah. that's a like view. alcohol or right. drugs. It can only be right. It has to do with a chemical and how that interacts with your brain. Okay. Not everybody takes that view. And so in other circles, there would be an idea of uh, chemically based addiction and what, what are called process addictions. Right. That would include everything from video gaming to porn to compulsive spending to. Right social media. Right. So practically speaking, the things that we look at with addiction are where it starts to interfere with someone's life functioning. Okay. Where it's <laughs> eating up time or mental energy that would should be used elsewhere. Okay. Where if you take it away, the person feels anxious or irritable or something like that. Um you know, the, those yeah. kinds of things, it definitely meets the, you know, it, yeah. there's some people that the idea of cutting back on the social media would, would put them in a bit of a emotional, well, well, that's tailspin, what or that, they would fight you on it. Right. Is that part of the thing that you're running into too, with the body image? And when you talk to somebody, is this, is this part of an inventory or something that you would give somebody or? Yeah. Like just when I'm treating body image, I, at some point I'm like, let's talk about social media and how it makes you feel when you're on it. And I usually, it's actually usually pretty easy to get people's buy-ins because they know how crummy it's making them feel Okay. to say, let's pull it out and talk through the accounts you follow. I usually give five tips We've already talked about decreasing use. Yeah. Another one is just to be less filtered in what you're presenting. You know, remember last week we talked about how people will hide or fix. One way to hide or fix is to filter all your photos. There are actually some European countries who've like passed laws saying if you post a filtered photo as an advertisement, you have to say it's been digitally altered. And I thought that was so great. But research shows it actually doesn't do anything. Mm. It doesn't really change it. But what does change people's response to images to where they don't feel as bad about themselves afterward is if they post the filtered image and the unfiltered right next to each other so that you can see the difference. That actually does change things. Okay. So don't, yeah, don't fix and hide. That's one. Decrease use. 
capture moments. Don't go through your photos and pick the one you look the hottest in, but like capture the moment that sort of meant the most to you. Yeah. Um, and then also using self-compassion. So there's a researcher out there named Kristen Neff. She's the leading researcher on self-compassion. Yeah. And she did some research on, she did a workshop with some young women, college women ahead of time. Yeah. And she talked about the difficulties that social media brings. And she had them write about some things they like about their looks. Then she had them write some things they don't like so much about the way that they look. Uh And then she had them sort of write down what emotions that brought up. And she had them say, you know, right now I'm having a hard time, but may I accept and love myself as I am. Yeah. And then she had them chat in a Facebook group over a few weeks period of time on trying to use self-compassion when they engaged in social media. So sort of just saying, I'm having a hard time. I'm being compassionate toward myself as I look at this and as I struggle. And it was really effective. So for decreasing self-objectification, for helping people feel less anxious. And over time, even a month later, they still felt better. The thing that didn't stick, though, was the positive body image. So a month later, the effect of that started started to kind of, you know, decrease. And so what that says to us is we have to continually be working on this, be practicing self-compassion toward ourselves and others, and even sending messages of loving kindness to others. When we have a surge of comparison, saying things on our minds like, may they be well, may they be at peace, may they be happy, that can really decrease that sense of competitiveness in us as well. Right. So kind of just communicating you're on their team, you're for them. Yeah. And They're not a competitor to me, and I'm on my own team too. Right. Right. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. And we should put those five in the notes too. Yeah. Yeah. Make it so if I were Dave, I would have a really cool like, what do you call it? an acronym? Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, so if you I could look remember at like, them, right? If I can write them down, I'm cool. gonna, I'm going to come up with the acronym. <laughs> I tried to. I tried an make, acronym I generator. Ha- I have a. I <laughs> did have, you really? I did because I wanted it. I, I have a savant skill. Yeah. I do. All right. I have a song. This is your challenge. It's, will you come back to us with it? Yeah. What right. is I what's will. the biggest hurt uh, the the thing in there that I heard you say that I um people struggle with self-compassion. Like they're they're critical of themselves. There's a it's like it's innate. It's like they have an inner critic or something. Yeah. So Kristen Neff would say it's because we believe it motivates us. Mm-hmm. If we are easy on ourselves and kind to ourselves, we won't have any motivation that we're sort of like the mean coach. And I think particularly in the Christian world, we're taught to not be kind to ourselves, to put other people first. It's not I'm awesome. Self-compassion is not I'm so great. I do everything right. I don't right. hold myself accountable. Self-compassion is just being a friend to yourself. It's just self kindness. Yeah. No, I, the thing you said is the thing I hear most often in therapy is this idea that I have to really lay into myself or I'll fall into some kind of disarray or, or I'll be lazy lazy or I won't care as much or whatever. The story, I think I may have said it on the podcast, but it's been a long time ago, ago. but I'll say it real quickly. Um, my favorite thing that I use now, and I told her this came from my mother-in-law Uh, Her husband, my former father-in-law, passed away. Um, And so about a month later after the funeral, we went back and we were just checking on her because she lives on nine acres of land and a house on the side of a mountain in rural North Carolina. Oh, boy. And so we sat with her and said, Manon, are you doing okay? Are you sad? Are you lonely? And she said, I'm doing well because I am a friend to myself. (laughs) And I thought, as long as I've done this job... 
I've never thought of that phrasing. Yeah. And so that's the story that I tell clients is like, yeah. the goal is for you to be a friend to yourself. Yeah. Right. And what yeah. does that look like? It doesn't have to mean you are, are uh, think you're awesome in every way or that you right. don't grow or that you don't challenge yourself. It's just being a friend to yourself. Yeah. Love that. And yeah. being self-critical actually makes you less productive. For sure. Because you are, you know, sort of biologically, yeah. you're the attacker and the attacked. It creates a lot of adrenaline and cortisol in your body. And it is more likely to make you depressed. And we know that depression is not exactly a great mind state to be functioning out of. <laughs> right. So self-compassion actually sets you up better to be a, protect, a productive, high-achieving person. Wow. I, I say that a lot, too. I say your worry is that if you lay off and you're not mean to yourself, yeah. that you're going to, you know, not care as much, not be as motivated, not push yourself as hard, not have as high standards. Yeah. And I have never seen that happen when someone goes from being self-critical and self-loathing to self-compassionate, that they fall into disarray. Yeah. They actually become a better version of themselves and all the things that they want to be motivated toward that are good things, they become even more motivated to. And that's absolutely true. I don't see it the other way. I see it in the direction we're talking about. Cool. Well, we're going to put those five things in the show notes. Great. And we'll I'll make, make an acronym and, later. And we're going to have an acronym. Okay. And, and this, will, this, is, this is part of our culture, so we're going to have to wrestle with it. Yeah. Um, may, may you find yourself at least asking some questions about how you're using social media and how it affects you. And thanks, Lauren. This yeah. was great. Thanks, Thank Dave. You. And uh, may the traffic be with you. Thank have you. A great day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Journey on My Mind, a podcast brought to you by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Kevin at kevin at journeytn.com or text us at 615-861-9503. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes and join us as we continue to explore the intersection of science and faith.